Welcome on in to the third episode of the Baseline Basketball Podcast. Um, we have my awesome host, Josh Shafaz. Josh, how are you going? Hey, what's going on, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. We've got a great guest today uh, for our awesome listeners. Thanks to everyone who's been tuning in so far. Um, had some really good reception to the first the first couple of episodes. We have Khan Errol joining us all the way from the United States. Um, Khan has been up to basically everything that you could do in the sports media world over the last 12 months. Khan, how are you going, man? I'm going well, man. How, how are y'all doing? Yeah, we're doing awesome. Um, just leading up to Christmas here. Uh, it's, it's actually really nice and hot down in New Zealand. You're probably walking around in the snow or something like that. Yeah, we actually had a pretty big storm the other day, just a bunch of snow, but it's all good. Nothing we're not used to. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's, it's um pretty different, the old white Christmas. I haven't experienced it yet. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you you jumping on. Um, today, we, we're going to focus a bit on talking about sports media and, uh, and the business of sport and how um, a bit of Josh and I's experience, but then also just touching a bit on your journey. So can you... Can you just explain to listeners a bit about what you do and and but also your passion for the game of basketball because I think that's one of your strongest uh, points. Yeah, man, it's it's interesting because I, I do a lot of different things and it is kind of constantly changing. So, um, but right now the easiest way to say it is I just work. I create content for um, Harry Mack and myself. Harry Mack is this freestyle rapper, and then myself uh, in terms of I do a lot of videos on YouTube. Um, lately more on, you know, breaking down rap and, uh, you know, freestyle uh, rap content a lot on YouTube, but, um, I also have a bunch of different podcasts, one, the Benchmob NBA one, that's how we, you know, we got our Bulls podcast that, that, that we, uh, keep going. Um, I do this show, APB show, uh, where we just talk to a bunch of different coaches and basketball people, personnel, um, kind of across the world weekly. Um, and, yeah, man, I was on, I'm sure you'll you'll probably ask me about this, but uh, I was on GM school a couple months ago. Um, lately, it's just me doing me, honestly, because I left my uh, normal nine to five type job back in January. I was working at DraftKings um, as an analyst. Um, and before that, I was doing a bunch of stuff, but I could I could go on and on. So I'll let you kind of steer the ship. But yeah, right now I'm just kind of doing me, man, um, online, basically at all times. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta ask you, Khan. So hey, you said you used to work in nine to five. I gotta ask, what inspired you to uh, pursue a career in sports media? You know, when did you realize that you wanted to do this for your job or your career? Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if I realized that it was gonna be sports media that I was doing. Um, but back in 2017, I went to SBC, and uh, Stevie knows that program well um, in summer league. And Josh, I know you're considering it for the future. Um, but I did uh, SBC back in 2017, Sports Business Classroom. It's basically, you know, just a week in Summer League immersed within, you know, the whole thing there, the whole system there. Uh, you're watching the games, you're talking to people, you're learning a lot. Um, we're getting lectures and, and you know, stories from uh, everyone in the basketball industry, um, from head coaches to head media members to GMs and, and everything in between. Um, and then that like just those stories and just everyone's energy and every like it, it just made me think, man, I'm only what was I 22 or 23. I was turning 23 that week. Um, 
I was like, man, if I just do this or do something that I'm super passionate about for like 20 years, there's no way I'm not going to be, you know, somewhere at, at the top level of it. Um, doesn't matter. It doesn't even need to be basketball or one, anything. I just had that like confidence in myself. So from that point on, I was like, you know, it's not it's not electrical engineering that makes me feel that way. It's it's not that it's not the my major that makes me motivated and want to get up and do things every day. So, I mean, I took that as the start of like a spark of motivation um, to, you know, just put in work after like after the nine to five. Um, whether that be, you know, keeping NBA cap sheets, doing podcasts, we ramped up like the bench mob to almost five times a week at one point in the first year. Um, and then I was learning Python, I was doing data analysis stuff and uh, applying NBA data to that, and kind of just doing a bunch of shit. Honestly, and apologies if we can't swear. Um, you can swear. You can swear. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. So I mean, I was just doing just a whole bunch of different stuff that um, relates to basketball and use that use basketball as the as the motivation source for it. Um, but they turned out to be a lot of different skill sets like social media, um, analytics and, and coding and uh, data structure and, and all that stuff. And then, you know, just a bunch of other stuff, podcasting, um, everything that I know is kind of was sparked with the basketball motivation, but it doesn't necessarily need to be basketball. Um, and lately, I've kind of transitioned that over to rap and music as well, which is also a passion of mine. It's not that I've given up basketball. It's just, oh, okay, I can use these passions to productively move and, and do different things throughout the throughout the world. Um, and, and now I'm just kind of putting all my old passions back into this uh, basketball-induced structure that I've developed. Yeah, I love it. And I think when people, uh, and we actually had a conversation about this offline, Khan, a few days ago, and when people find something that they really love sometimes it's easy to quick to put, try and push it into one box when you're being really hard with your setting goals and being like i'm only going to settle for this you know but if you really love something the best idea i think is, is just to to go for it and and like let maybe let the wind take you a little bit and see sort of see where you end up um and for yourself and i see similarities with my own journey is uh, i had lots of experiences and working in business previous previously before I gave up my job and did basketball full-time. And I've actually realized that a lot of my previous experiences in a job that I actually disliked in a lot of ways, they've come in, in handy, and I, but I haven't been too rigid in my approach saying that I have to end up here or you know I have to do journalism full-time or whatever it is. And I've, I've enjoyed the journey so much because I've ended up doing things which maybe I thought I couldn't achieve or you know things that... Uh, that previously if i'd had more of a, a stringent approach to it then maybe i wouldn't have been able to, to end up doing the fun things that i'm doing now so um it's it's cool to hear that that your journey has got you well where you are now you've been able to do more in the music world which is amazing because that was a that was a passion of yours but you're still growing yourself in terms of putting content out there and um the world of content in terms of social media is just it's huge, and all of this is transferable. Um, you know, it's, music it's, for it's social media. Sorry, I, sorry for, cutting, for cutting you off, but I just, I just wanted to get this uh, thought in there. It's like social media is is just the the mechanism for connection. So I think everything that everything that anyone does um, is either 
uh, to do it for someone, to have someone's reaction about it, to, you know, spread their thoughts to other people, to inform other people, you know, whatever it may be, there's always this, um, you know, instinct to connect with people. And social media is just the latest tool that has made that the easiest it's ever been. Um, and, and I think once you, once you, once I started viewing it that way, it's that then it becomes, all right, what things do I like that I actually want to connect um, with people that also like that, right? So like basketball has been a huge one for me, but basketball, you know, started out in my mind back in 2017 as something that I could like do and, and make a job out of it. And social media is how everything goes. So it's like very technical and, and you know, job-based thought process when I started to using social media for basketball. But now I've kind of shifted. Social media is just like, all right, this is the most efficient way for me to connect with the most people about the topics that I personally am into. So there is at least that one, you know, data point of interest uh, connection with, with with those other people. And then just do that as, as efficiently as you can. And that's kind of where I've built my, um, that's how we can actually earn income with, with clients and stuff. Because in the end of the day, you, you also need to, you know, pay your bills. And, and I think that's, that's one thing that, that that's underrated where I couldn't just leave my job after 2017 because I was motivated. Right. And maybe I could have, I actually don't know. Maybe I could have, who knows <laughs> what, what, what would have happened. I, I don't, uh, you know, limit things anymore, but like, you know what I mean? You, you got to also uh, strategically deploy your skill set that you're developing um, in a way that you can actually get food and shelter and all the basic needs. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get, I get that, and and I think that having the right, obviously having that real passion, drive, and motivation to um, to put yourself out there, that, that's obviously a massive component. But this is the other thing I've found difficult is is I've had to turn down some opportunities because maybe they haven't they haven't aligned with what I've been up to it, well, what I've been wanted to do. Um, but then also I've I've turned down some other things because maybe I didn't agree with the direction they were going. And, and at the start as you know, there's some work that you obviously you're doing um, for free or just, or, or maybe for not as much money as what you wanted, you're prioritizing these opportunities depending on what's coming up. And that, that can be a bit of a grind, but also that's the exciting part because you don't, you don't know where, where some of these opportunities are going to take you. Um, sports business classroom. I mean, I can't, I can't talk enough about it um yeah i i when i signed up for sports business classroom and this is this is a key component to my journey i had heard about it on dunked on um and it's actually funny when when i got to sports business classroom and larry coon stood up the front and um he was he was chatting away when um when nate duncan and danny larue came in and he said uh raise your hand if you heard about uh, sports business classroom through dunked on and it was like about half of the people in the room put their hands up um and i i thought that it was going to be obviously a, a pretty great course you know I'd, there'd been just big discussions about the the guests who'd be on and larry was there and but when i got there and and i we actually went through the program that type of hands-on experience and working with other like-minded people there uh, at SBC, people who think the same way that that I do, um, people that not just love basketball, but people who have big ideas um, for things that they want to do, you know, TV shows or, um, you know, maybe it's working with um, people like Ben Taylor. I mean, there, there are people that I met at SBC now who are who are working in the NBA or working around the NBA and doing 
doing all these crazy things. So you weren't just going along to a course with people that love basketball. These were action takers, people that were going there and they said they were going to go and do something. They were going to do it. Like the people that were there, they weren't mucking around. And so the motivation that it gave me when I, when I got there, I realized I was in the room with people that like, um, they were just on a different level. And the motivation that that gave me just to be around that type of energy, that was, um, that was something else. And when I got back from the States, the motivation that I had was just, I was, I was, my mind was just on a different level. And from there, things are just, things just, you know, took off for me. Um, so I created SBC for that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, um, I'll never forget those experiences. Well, it takes a different, it takes a certain type of person to, you know, even go to something like SBC, like it's not very cheap. Um, right. You need to put investing, not only your time, uh, some, some finances, and uh, you, you have to go there with some sort of desire already. And then, and then, so, so that's a great filter out and then you meet it. And, and the, the value that SBC for me brings is, is just the connections that you make with your peers, not even like, yeah, you meet a, a bunch of great people and the stories that you hear from the names are great because there's obviously a reason why they even became, um, you know, that name, what the, the GM or the coach or, or the broadcaster or whatever, there are reasons and pathways that they took that are different from others because there's not a lot of people that do what they do. So hearing those stories is dope, but it's also just connecting to people um, that are in a very similar mind state um, as as yourself. And that in and of itself, again, it's it's the connection. When you find something with someone that that is a is a connection point that you guys both like, even if it's just a message on social media that you agree with, you're like, oh, dope. Like, so it, it's a it's it's some type of belonging. I feel like, but when you go there, it's so many different levels higher than that. With with uh, several people in there, like you're not gonna be best friends with everyone there, but there's a high likelihood that you'll find a few super dope friends, and that's not very easy to do just in the course of a lifetime to find lifelong friends. And you're in an environment where you're able to, you know, make a few of them within a week. And I think that's super underrated. Um, and, and that and that's what the real value is for me. So I, I always try to, you know, put myself in situations and areas where I can, um, you know, meet meet lifelong friends i think that's the I, that, that's one thing that i always you know come back to especially you know even when i'm talking to um about social media and stuff like i'd always rather have one best friend than a million followers right um that that's kind of a different way of looking at why sbc was so big for myself and probably for you and and for anyone else who who attended yeah i've got a question for you khan because actually cv2 i mean like from what i've spoken to you two both about the course is that it's it really is a surreal, you know, life-changing experience the first time you go. And uh, I mean, if anyone's listening in New Zealand or wherever you may be, you want to know anything more about the course or something, what advice would, you know, starting with you, Khan, what advice would you give uh, somebody that wants to potentially participate in SPC? Well, I would just say that if, if, it's, if you're not putting yourself into like a big financial hit, like it's that's the only thing, that's the only consideration that I would have to, to, to do it or not do it. Um, and I would definitely suggest, you know, attending. I mean, it, it definitely changed my mind. Uh, it, I mean, it definitely changed the way I went about things. Um, and it's because you just see what's possible when you do it. And, you know, so like, I'm not going to lie, like some people that might not be 
the initial spark that they need. Like some people get that spark and motivation from just watching YouTube videos, like just by listening to Gary B online. Like that's some guy that I, that's a guy that I listen to a lot um, or, or whatever, but it's just so undeniable the energy exchange that you get from these people. And you're just in, I mean, you go into the hustlers mentality because the whole day is start to finish just jam packed. And then you come back home, you're like, oh my God, I got to be doing things, right? Because it's, it's been just a whole week of craziness, a whole week of, um, you know, doing things nonstop, start to finish of the day. And then you know that at least, you know, 10 to 15 to half to maybe everyone that you met um, on this week is going to be putting in that much work, right? And then, and then for me, at least, this, this is what I was like. I was like, damn, all these people are putting in work. Like, I need to be putting in work. So every time I wasn't putting in work, it was like someone else is, is it, it's literally like that Kobe mama mentality type thing, you know, not to be cliche about it, but that's, that's a thought that I was having pretty regularly um, after, after the, after that week. And it's still something that persists, persists to this, to this day. Yeah, I, I get it. And I think when you, when you are, surround yourself with people that, um, that are, that are like that, you, there's this energy and enthusiasm for people that want to grind in sport. And, and I assume it's the same in other fields, maybe, maybe, and, you know, art and music, but there's that certain energy that people who work in sport have. Um, and like I said, it's not even just sport though. Like not to cut you off, but like you can go to a, like, it's just about that conference. Um, that, that conference energy. Like if, if you're super into, and you're, you're listening to this and like, I mean, I'm sure you're super into basketball, but you're like, you know, basketball is more of a hobby. You know, I, I don't really think of it as, as a job and, and that's dope too. But I feel like, um, one, it's super underrated to, to take a hobby and, and try to do that. Like as if it were your job for a couple of years and then just see it, it probably will end up becoming some sort of side hustle to an actual job in the future. Um, so, so never underestimate hobbies, and the motivation that those give you. But regardless, I think you can go to any type of like conference with a lot of energetic people. Now, Summer League is the only one like that for basketball. And, and that's and that's the thing. It's like very niche. Yeah, agreed. It is. Yeah. So that you're right. That conference, that conference energy is um where the whole world basically, or not the whole world, but it's a who's who of basketball goes to Vegas um for about two weeks. And yeah, that conference is just, it's, it's, it's crazy. And that, that, that energy of trying to get absolutely as much as you can out of your day is, is, it's pretty contagious. And I, but I think, I think though that the, the type of people that want to hustle in, uh, in any of these type of careers that we discussed, maybe it is music or movies or, or whatever, um, that real grind to try and come up with new ideas and try and pursue things. Like, I think that's what I, really loved about SBC is that I was sitting with people that were 10 years younger than myself and they just had these, the, the energy that they had was just different. Um, like I, the guy that I roomed with. So I was, I was, I think I was 31 at the time and I think, and he was 21 and uh, Andrew Northern was his name and he went to Mizzou and he had some sort of a startup and I, I can't remember if you listen to this, Andrew, I apologize. <laughs> I can't remember what the startup was, but basically it was it was some sort of startup that he'd done when he was like nineteen or twenty, and then um, you know he'd he'd been able to to grow it. And it, like he, I was just so impressed that all the people that were there 
so many of them had these significant ideas that they'd already pursued and they'd gone about, but it wasn't really like a big deal. They weren't really like they weren't boasting or anything, but they had, they had just been about taking that action and going and doing it. And they had these big ideas and, um, and yeah, the positive momentum that I got from that was crazy because I came back to New Zealand here and, and obviously it is a little bit easier in a small country here to be able to make headway, but then there aren't other, that's the difference within in New Zealand. There aren't other people who have those similar ideas, which is good in some ways, but then in other ways it makes it harder because you don't have as many people that you can work with or you can um, like network with here. But that was definitely, yeah, that was definitely crazy when I, when I reflect back on um, on it, uh, and the business of basketball is just—it's so like you can wear so many different hats in a day or a week or a month or a year, and that and that's also why I love it. Hundred percent. Just to just to actually answer the question, Josh, about like people who are considering um, going, what should they keep in mind? Like one, you just need to have an open mind. Two, you got to meet people, and not just like the. The people that you might already know their name it's a it, it's about the people around like i you know i continue going to summer league after um my year in 2017 and it's the reason is to to meet more people and you know i'm you know semi-involved in sbc and in some of the events and stuff and that's how i met stevie and now that's how i met you josh through stevie because because it, it, it is about the network i just randomly talked to stevie and a bunch of sbc 19 guys and um the concourse randomly, you know, and, and that's kind of like the opportunities that I was trying to find. Cause it's not about meeting the people who already made it. It's about the people you, you might make it with. Um, that that's, that's the most important in my mind. Yeah. And just switching up real quick, Khan, uh, I want to talk a bit about GM school because that's yeah. something you did this year. And, uh, there's something that me and Stevie have been able to, you know, keep track of, and it's been really cool to watch. Uh, I watched it not so long ago. It was really cool to see you, you know, in the spotlight, uh, answering some NBA questions, doing that sort of stuff that we all know that you've been doing so much for the last couple of years, all that stuff. So, you know, I want to ask you about that experience. Uh, firstly, you know, how were you selected for GM school? Uh, what did that come about? Yeah, I mean, there also, was just, tell us about us. Tell us about it. Sorry, I didn't yeah, really. No, I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, I'll kind of walk you through it. So there was an email that went out, and actually, I don't even think I saw the email. Um, and this was an email sent out to like an email list full of SBC people. So again, another SBC, you know, tied in thing. But uh, my boy Tim, who is one of my like best friends uh, that I met at SBC, um, he forwarded to me. He's like, "Yo, you got to check this this out." I was like, "Oh shit! Like this is amazing. This is exactly like." this is exactly what I've kind of been doing the past few years with the bench mob is putting myself into different GM like situations. Um, but it was a like reality game show type type vibe. Um, so I just, you know, applied that night, uh, after, after work, um, just answered a series of questions, um, and like in video form. And then I was selected. It the process was crazy quick. It was like, you know, I, I applied, um in within a week i heard that i was you know in the second round or whatever and then another week i heard i was gonna be on it and then within like another two three weeks we were we were filming in atlanta in nba studios it was kind of crazy um it, it was all the whole thing it was in the process of a month um and then just the idea of what it was it was basically like any sort of you know, reality TV game show that you might watch. I mean, it could be from any type of field. I learned so much how, how all of the, how all of it connects. Um, any reality game show TV is basically the same format. Um, but it was basically that, but in in a NBA GM type 
twist to it. So one of the challenges was like, uh, you know, draft the team, you know, like a serpentine draft of a bunch of players on the board. It was like um, you had to defend your team to the media. You had to, you know, interview a head coach um, for to coach your team. Like as the GM, I was in the back of the seat and then coach Mitchell, Sam Mitchell, um, coach of the year in 2007, I think um, he, we were interviewing him. And then, you know, we interviewed Jason Terry or not interview, but had a chat with Jason Terry as a player under distress because he found out about trade rumors about himself um, from the media and not from like the GM themselves. And, and, you know, just a lot of these different situations and of course, like trivia type type stuff, too. Um, So it was just so many different scenarios that we were put into i was able to you know go on and and uh get to the finals uh shouts out kalita who actually won the show she's amazing uh super smart who also went to sbc in 2018 i think um and yeah i mean it was just super fun the last the final uh segment was an actual like gm interview and the show definitely you know it cuts a lot of the stuff out. We were there for a whole week filming almost the whole day, uh, each day, you know, the whole work day each day. And uh, it was only, you know, about two hours of content full, like straight through. So um, there was a lot that was left out. Obviously, we kind of knew that. Uh, but the whole experience was crazy. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, I'm sure it'll it'll open up some doors uh, in the future. It's already developed, you know, some, some more relationships, which I think is the key of the game in, in any regard. Um, and it was just super fun. Yeah. Yeah. The watching it, I don't know. I feel like it's sort of a basketball nerd and I don't want to, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't say that we're the most hard out basketball nerds that there are, but even though I still consider myself, uh, we're up there. Yeah. We're yeah. Up we're, there. we're up there. Um, but it's just like a dream to imagine being on TV and then people are like, you know, you you have your fa- just say you at home you play fantasy basketball. You know, um, except this time you get to do it on TV and you get to do it against four other people who, you know, they're basically you're like putting your best foot forward because you're thinking about your job in the industry and you know you're legitimately trying to win this thing. So like when I got to watch you on there, man, I was pinching myself. Um, not only was I super excited for you, but the concept of like going on TV and being a GM and it's like. Uh, in a reality tv show sense you know like i thought it was i thought it was amazing and i love the way that you built your team um i think that the the way that that you and i and i think josh the same the way that we think about basketball is, is quite similar in terms of team building and like i i i've counted probably hundreds of conversations that josh and i've had in the car when we talk about like i ring him when i'm driving somewhere and we talk for 40 minutes about it could be like the Kings or the Suns. Like, it doesn't matter. You talk about the fit of a player, their contract, their shooting, what they're like on and off the court. Like, my this is the way that my mind works, you know, and the same for you guys. So to see to see a TV show and, and to, see, like, see you on there, I was, yeah, I was crazy buzzed by that. Um, and <laughs> the concept is so cool because it it was just giving people a chance to actually go out there and, and, and to do it. And when you get to the highest levels uh, and there was actually a, a clip of Masai Ujiri and the Raptors and the 2013, uh, it was just around, it was the night of the 2013 draft and they were trying to move up to get Giannis and you're watching these guys on the phone in the war room like this. I know it's for a very limited amount of people. You know, if you say 30 teams, 
uh, on draft night and say 28 of them got have got a pick and there's 10 or 12 people in the in the war room but there are a limited amount of people that get to do this that they get to play you know build an NBA team and they're actually working for a team I still I look at that and and I'm I'm you know I may never try and work in the NBA in a, in a front office but I think about that and I still it just gives me goosebumps watching something like that because it is for a lot of people. It is their dream to be able to to do stuff like that and to thrive at that highest level. I mean, one hundred percent. For me, I was just, you know, it, it was different. It didn't seem. It definitely seemed like TV when we were there. But afterwards, I was like, I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't really nervous about it coming out. I wasn't really ner- Like I thought I would be pretty nervous about it but you know i've been doing a bunch of streams and and podcasts and videos and stuff so i was kind of comfortable with with my takes and and i i was at the point where you know it is what it is with with the way i'm with the way i think about things and it is what it is with the way i go about and answer questions and, and and present myself and i and i think um with that comes a certain bit of calm although i was pretty nervous during each of the you know elimination rounds and that was probably seen on tv um but yeah man i I was pretty you know chill about the whole thing each each um competition was very you know i've already done almost everything that they were asking us to do it was just a little bit more flashy lights and a little bit more pressure induced situations so like that was getting the adrenaline going for sure um but overall, like, I, there's few things that I would have felt that prepared for, it, funny enough. <laughs> yeah, and looking back on the you know, ultimate experience of GM school, what was, your, uh, what was your biggest highlight? You know, what was the best thing about it? Man, for me, it was definitely the relationships that I've built, um, especially, shouts out Wes Wilcox, who was kind of like a, you know, he was available for all the contestants to talk to throughout the week, so... Um, I, I was definitely able to, you know, chat with him and, and develop a relationship with him. Shouts out to the other judges too. They just were kind of more um, back, backseat in terms of accessibility to us. Um, so I really like that, you know, that, that relationship building. I really enjoyed the actual pressure packed uh, scenarios that we were put into really tested us at the highest level. And then, you know, that, that GM interview, um, I just feel like I did the best I've I personally felt like I did the best that I could possibly do on, on everything there. And, and just knowing that given the pressure, given the, you know, um, feeling of just like, okay, I need to, I need to do my best. And like, felt like I did do that each, each time. Um, I just, I just like that, that about it, you know, it pushed me to be the best that I could. And then I felt each day at the end of the day that I did what I needed to, which, you know, there's not a lot of times where um, you're able to do that um and yeah yeah i um i had to laugh a little bit it was around i'm just thinking back to when i was watching and i think kalita was about to oh i don't know if it was kalita but two people were about to do a deal and correct me if i'm wrong you might have like rocked up to the line with your laptop when they were about to get a deal signed off trying to go and do another deal and you were just you didn't give a fuck man you were just i was and i'm not criticizing i'm not criticizing you're just you were just ripping into deals and you were just trying to get these trades done and I thought it was amazing man like even though I was laughing only reason I was laughing is because you were just going in and you were just doing it exactly 
the way that I would. And I think some of the other guys were a little bit taken aback by it, but I loved I loved yeah, your the quote. Approach. The quote was, <laughs> how, how are you about to do a deal without knowing all your options or something along <laughs> those and it's and it's definitely you know it's definitely something that uh, I would I would say I would definitely say that I mean it's all about logical communication like it doesn't to me it doesn't seem logical to not know all your options um, but then you know there's there's a bunch of different factors there's a human element there's and especially in real life like you're actually talking to people you're talking when, when when you're negotiating and you get to a point where you agree you know it's 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 a very you got to be tactical in in how you come to that agreement because you can't. You know, th- sometimes you can be like, all right, let's do it. But other times you can't just be like, yo, I agree. And then come back later, be like, oh, wait up. We can't actually do that. So so there's a lot of different little nuances in, in conversation that you need to apply um, that, you know, obviously they had done those, uh, some of those nuances to the point where whatever I said, it wasn't going to change it. Um, but it, it was just fun to, you know, poke my head in there when I could. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get it, man. I mean, it was pretty... A pretty amazing uh, experience overall. I think that, uh, and this is where uh, this is one of the big, bigger reasons I wanted to get you on as a, a, a guest for the, this podcast was I see a lot of people I, I feel that really love sport uh, and you know that maybe they had dreams of playing sport professionally or whatever it might have been coaching and and some of the smaller countries obviously talking about New Zealand here this I feel that the sports media route is changing so and i'm gonna call it sports media it could be content creation writing podcasting whatever it is i I feel like there's probably a lot of people who would love to do you know a similar sort of job to what to what we're discussing but don't really like know or you know maybe people say oh you know you need to go and be a builder or whatever or you need to go and get a trade you need to go and get a solid job and and i know that it's tough when we that we're these jobs that are happening now, they're basically being created on the fly. You know, like sometimes I struggle to explain to people like, um, you know, what it is that I do. But I feel that the, for people that really love sport, there are, there are careers and, and opportunities there um, for you within the sports realm. It's just, I think the value of networking is probably one of the key things that I would want to touch on. Can you just describe... You, the, how you network and the ways the ways that you've been able to do that, whereas it's managed to help you to get to where you are today. Yeah, man. So, I mean, to to stay on networking a little bit, networking is is crucial to be able to you know display who you are to the people that um, you want, basically. So, how I go about networking, and initially, I mean, it's it's all a learning curve, right? It's about one, you need to know what you're gonna even say. To, to people and, and some people are, are at that level where it's tough for them to go out and even say hi to someone they don't know and you know that then that that's something that uh, you got to work on and, and take steps toward uh, becoming better at just saying hi and, and starting conversations and that might start as you know just text convos on twitter or on blog and forums and stuff uh, to maybe you know trying uh, dipping your toes into different sites like omegle or or you know just calling up a random friend in your phone that you haven't talked to in a while and th- those are like the very basics of networking it's about talking being able to talk to people and then you get to like higher levels where you're trying to develop uh business relationships to actually become to actually create um opportunities for yourself and that's something that you know i feel as though i have 
quite a bit of knowledge about through college. You know, you, you go to a lot of different seminars. They, they uh, tell you what type of things you need to be saying, you need to be preparing, and you need to be doing. But all in all, it really is just like you got to know who you are and be able to describe yourself in a way that you agree with it. And then once you stop trying to get someone else to agree that you are worth it and you've discussed, you find out that you yourself figure, you know, you yourself think you're worth it by your own, by yourself, then I, and I'm not saying this very eloquently, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, but, but once you find your own self-worth, then it's very easy to talk about it to other people. Now, when you get to that part, it's, it's all about the logistics of, all right, where can I actually network for me? Um, I, you know, searching for a data analytics job after electrical engineering, you know, I went to a bunch of meetups around my town. Um, and, you know, that was before COVID, obviously, back in like 2017, 18. Um, I would just go to meetups, talk to different people. And then, you know, I met someone who, you know, was doing their startup. And I have I, I always have a bunch of ideas, what, what, whatever the field may be. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm giving different suggestions slash ideas that I'm thinking of about their startup. Um, and, and they, they're, you know, talk to me and I'm just like, yo, you know, I'm kind of looking for a data analytics job in such as DraftKings. That'll be dope. They're in the same city, whatever. Uh, he says, oh, I have a friend that works there. And then I keep, you know, in touch with that guy once a week or once every two weeks, I kind of message him until it turns to a phone call or a meeting, uh, a second or third meeting. And then they introduce me with their friend. And then that becomes a reference at DraftKings. And that's like a true story about how I got my job at DraftKings. But that true story, the, the first hour of it happened so many different times with a lot of different people that didn't amount to anything, right? That they just, you know, you meet them, you say what's good, you don't really have anything uh, in common. It's kind of done there. Maybe you do have something in common, maybe you say what's good a couple times through DMs or whatever. Um, and then it ends. Uh, sometimes it goes, you know, and becomes something. Sometimes it becomes a friendship. Sometimes it, you know, comes back five years later. You're like, oh, I actually met you that one time at that one place. What are you up to? And then that might become something else. You never know when relationships will become something of actual, like, business value or actual professional value. But if you don't go into them with that in mind, they just become, they just hold value just because of the connection. And that kind of brings it back to the connection piece that I was talking about. It's all about building those connections that um, can can amount to different things in the future. Um, and that's what I think networking is. It's it's not about, you know, oh, I need to find a job or I, I need to change up. It's just like, oh, I want to meet more people because that's what life is actually, you know, about. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's kind of how I view it. Yeah. Facts. And th this is the thing that the people pe like networking, which comes in, you know, comes under the people skills heading, I'll say, is networking is so is so important because you know you you try and you say oh you know i haven't seen sums i think oh i need to catch up with more of my um you know other friends that aren't involved in the industry and um sums i do do a piss poor job with that um but i i consider that you you make these lifelong relationships with with people um and you know you go into it too because you have a similar interest and you don't know where that's going to lead you know like um you know, us three on this call, like we don't know where where this stuff is going to lead and, and what we could be working on in the future. But you know that if you continue to invest and you continue to work away and and network with people that have these similar uh, interests, and regardless, even if it only means a coffee once or twice a year or whatever, 
Uh, you never know where something like this is going to lead. You never know if it's going to become a job opportunity, but you're not going into this uh, looking to get something out of it. You're just going in to try and make, to make this friendship or make this relationship um, and just to go and get to know someone and, and, and talk about what it is they do and, and what they're passionate about. Um, and you should want to also enjoy that they're meeting people part of it because once you, when you get to, have these strong contacts and you see these people working their way up and you're able to be happy for them. And, um, and maybe, maybe you can't work alongside them, but well, the, the beauty well, of the networking is, is that you just continue to grow, to grow your network and, and grow your friend space. Uh, and then you, you can get alongside people who have the same values of, as yourself. Uh, and I believe if you, if you work alongside people who have same similar values, um, then you know, have those, if you have those good, strong values, then you can continue to, to grow in your career. Um, hang, moving in the circles of people who are doing things for the right reasons as well, which, um, yeah. Which and look, I, networking isn't just about, you know, going and, and meeting uh, people at a place or meeting people face to face on a video call. Like there are a lot of people who are introverted, but they're super smart and super passionate about what they're doing. And you just gotta, you know, talking to someone is a better way is a, is a more effective way of um, convincing of whatever value that you're bringing to them, whether that be a dope conversation that, that both people are going to enjoy and have a good time, whether that be information that you're giving to them, whether that be, you know, knowledge or, or whatever it might be, every, people, attention is, is the number one asset. And if you're getting one person's attention for 30 minutes, that could be your friend, that could be a random person that you're meeting, that's a lot of time. And, and then after that, it's going to be, okay, am I down to spend another 30 minutes with them? Or am I even down to spend, you know, one more minute with them? And that's the whole thing. So if, if you're an introvert and, and you have a lot of different projects that you're going to work in and you, you know, email a bunch of people with like, yo, this is what I do. I, th uh, I think it could be very helpful to you. And then you just send a link or whatever it may be that, that provides information of, about what you're up to. That's also networking. I think everyone needs to find their own form of networking that they're comfortable with. And, and do it to the fullest because regardless, whatever you're trying to do, um, it's going to be, it, nothing's ever impossible, but it's going to be super tough without uh, other people vibing with it, without other people connecting to it, whether that be super technical stuff, whether that be super entertaining stuff or, or whatever. Yeah, Carl, in terms of, in terms of uh, connecting with people, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, your work you're doing with uh, free sellers, Harry Mack, all, all that sort of yeah. stuff uh you know, firstly how did that opportunity come across and then uh talk to us about that live stream you did with uh king Lowe's jumping on with harry mack the freestyle <laughs> stream you did bro I see yeah that. <laughs> yeah yeah man i mean again it, it goes back to i don't know if i've actually said this on this podcast so far but i always do the job that i want as if i already was doing it like as a job before i get it right um that was the case with DraftKings when i you know made my first data analytics project like a fantasy score predictor so it's very DraftKings related that was the case um when i decided to dip DraftKings to do my own social media consulting or communications consulting as i call it um business on my own um that's what i do with every one of my clients that i was able to get you know i did the work of us you know what i would do chop up their videos and stuff and send it to them before i actually got them as clients um, and that was similar uh, to how I w became involved uh, with Harry Mack. One, I was a huge fan. I think he's he was already the best freestyler um, to me. 
uh, back in May when I started or back in January when I when I met him. But I just saw him, you know, he had freestyle lessons, he was offering lessons. And for me, I was like rap, but I never, you know, saw myself as someone who was gonna rap or freestyle or, or anything like that. Um, but I just wanted to meet him, right? It's like if, if you had the opportunity to take lessons from your favorite whatever to do that one thing, uh, like, I feel like that's something that everyone kind of wants in, in, in a certain way. And I was super into freestyle rapping. I just wanted to meet him because we saw eye to eye based on everything that he's rapped about. And then we connected and vibe throughout the lessons. I told him it kind of coincided almost exactly time-wise with when I left DraftKings. I actually think I gave my two weeks notice on the first day of the first lesson, which is kind of crazy, um, but some very similar like that. And then after the lessons, you know, a couple months later, um, again, kept networking, kept, you know, once a week, once every two weeks, I kind of emailed him, you know, hey, yo, here's some clips that you might want, you might want to use. Um, here's some, here's a tip for YouTube, like use your YouTube hashtags correctly, because I noticed uh, on YouTube, he wasn't, you, you know, using those hashtags that, that get you more awareness and stuff. Um, and that's what I love about social media is, is you already know what your target needs, because it's all available online. Um, and, and that's just super easy to go in, check all of their social media, understand if you understand what goes on in each each platform, and, and how often that you, you could be posting to get the most attention. It's just very easy to suggest simple things um, that, that they could do. And that's kind of what I did. And then in the end, he reached out to me randomly, I got an email saying, yo, uh, looking for help, um, just, you know, distributing content and stuff. And I jumped immediately. I mean, I was already already doing it before he was a client. Um, before any income was made. Um, so I was like, easily, obviously. And then, you know, it's been now, you know, over seven months uh, that we've been working together. I, you know, I'm, I co-host some of his Twitch, I co-host his Twitch streams. I'm probably going to be doing a lot more stuff. You know, we're expanding the team and it's, it's, it's been crazy. It's, it's been crazy. Um, and the King Low stuff was actually interesting. I don't even know if that was very uh, Harry Mack related, but since I started working with Harry Mack, I, I you know, after i got him as a client, I was able to, you know, be like, I should just do these reaction videos on YouTube. I've been seeing them pop up. People are just watching rap and breaking down the lyrics. And that's something that I've been doing since I was a little kid, um, you know, in, in high school, in middle school, just going up on rap genius, looking up all the lyrics to the songs, understanding all the double entendres and like, you know, all, all that stuff. So I was like, I could do this on YouTube easy. Um, so I just kind of used the motivation I got from working with Harry Mack to do that. Um, and then I was live. I've been doing these live sessions very frequently on YouTube and Twitch recently. Um, so go check that out if, if you're into that type of stuff. Um, and King Lowe's was just in the chat saying, yo, I'm here. I was like, what the hell? And he had commented on he had commented on one of the videos, uh, a reaction video that I did of one of his freestyles, you know, a few months before that. And he was like, yo, appreciate that whatever and i was like oh shit king los actually watched my video and then you know a month or two passes i'm live he comes into the comments of my live session i was like oh my god and then i you know i've developed a system where where it's very easy to bring on guests onto a live stream through discord um and i was like yo los if you want to hop on stream like right now like you can hop on and then and then it, he was just like, I'm coming. And I gave him the link. He figured out Discord. He literally made a Discord account like there on the spot. He came through, uh, which is crazy to me still. And then I texted Harry Mack. Uh, I was like, yo, King Los is on my live session right now. And that wasn't even like with, with Harry Mack. Like, King Los is one of Harry Mack's uh, 
you know, people that Harry looks up to, too. So it was like we have a very similar um, thought process about how we feel about the man. Um, and then Harry just like kind of came on. King Lowe's actually on stream FaceTimed him as well. He was like, yo, come on or whatever. So it was it was like a, a whole a whole ordeal. Uh, it was super fun. Um, shouts out to to Harry Mack. That's that's the dude. And then shouts out to King Lowe's who just randomly slid through and, and hopped on my live stream. That was fun. That was that was awesome, man. And I, I think this is the thing you never know. The internet age means you never know when you're. You got to be prepared, bro. You got to be prepared. Ooh. Yeah, you got to be ready. Times. Yeah, yeah. You never know when, um, yeah, when something's going to go down, or you never like. It, it's just these opportunities will just will just come about. Um, and yeah, it's just it's it's fun. It's spontaneous. Um, so yeah, I I loved I love that. I think. It's probably good to, um, because even though we will do this on the bullish podcast, I think it's probably good that we that we briefly just touch on before the NBA season starts, and we aren't able to have you on probably for a couple of weeks. That we quickly touch on uh, some NBA predictions for the upcoming okay. season. Uh, I'm just going to put you both on the spot, <laughs> Josh. Um, uh, if if the Bulls don't win the the championship this year, um, <laughs> who is your second pick? <laughs> Second pick, I mean, you got to go for for champs to go back to back. I mean, the Lakers have gotten better in terms of their depth. Um, you know, it's like it seems pretty good, man. I think a really, really bold prediction uh, would be your Blazers, Stevie. I don't think that's you know very likely, very bold. But um, you know, they got a lot better this off season. Uh, I mean, a team to watch out for, Clippers. You know, they'll bounce back. I'm sure for that. Yeah, Khan, what how are we doing this year? Yeah, so uh, I definitely wouldn't put any money on anyone besides the Lakers, and those odds aren't very you know profitable. So I probably am not a betting man um, <laughs> because the Lakers are probably just gonna take it. Um, yeah. However, if if we're gonna be not boring, I think the I think the Nuggets actually have the like I think the Nuggets are the second best team in the league. Um, I just think that they have so much continuity. They have the, their two stars. They have a bunch of budding. Uh, potential stars. We'll see how MPJ and Bol Bol develop this year. But like those, that trio of MPJ, Bol Bol, and Jokic at the three, four, five is just so long, so lanky. It's just tough to do anything against them, um, and you can't block them either. It's just uh, and Jamal Murray's just if if he continues what he was doing in the playoffs, which was ridiculous. Um, I think the Nuggets are going to be the team the team to watch for me. Yeah, yeah, I love. I love the Nuggets as well. Um, so for me, I I think, and my Blazers peeps will hate this, but I think that the Lakers, they do have more regular season depth, which will help. Um, you know, as LeBron, it means it means he's probably able to to play a low minute total again, which I think is really important for them. Means that AD can also manage his minutes total during the regular season. Um, I think that the Lakers probably go back to back. The Clippers have Sergi Barker now. Which which mean that they they are deeper uh, at the at the center position, which I think was a little bit of a, a problem for them last year. I do love the the Blazers pickups. I mean, Robert Covington, Derek Jones Jr., uh, Harry Giles. I mean, uh, bringing back Nurk from injury, who was out for, for for sixteen or seventeen months, and then being able to add Rodney Hood and, and Zach Collins back. I think that they could contend for um, for home court in the playoffs. Uh, we ha- we haven't really touched on any Eastern Conference teams, but I don't know if there's anyone there. The Heat, I think the Heat are still slept on, even though they went to the yeah. finals last year. 
Yeah, and they could and they could still make some moves. I mean, if James Harden's traded somewhere, and and it is, I did see a rumor today that the the Heat and or the Celtics were potentially in the in the running there. If there's whoever a, if gets there's whoever a, gets Harden goes down my list of potential winners. Wow. Okay. Well, so <laughs> I feel like uh, not even to not even to make it a hot take. Like I genuinely believe that f- from what we've seen from Harden so far. It's not going to, you know, it might up your win total. That's not, that's yeah. not what I'm, you know, debating yeah. against. I'm, de- I'm, I'm debating against the actual wins. Um, and man, I, I've been, I've been, you know, if someone told told me I was a hardened hater the past couple of weeks, just from the things I've said on, on different podcasts, I couldn't even hate on them. But it's just like I just don't see it. He needs. To, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what's up. I think yeah. he has the talent. He just. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to blast Harden, but yeah, I, I don't think adding Harden makes you a more likely championship contender this year, personally. Yeah, yeah. I so so I've I not a I'm not a big Harden fan, but I think that if he was to go to the to the Heat, it would depend what they were what they were going to give up. Um, but the Heat be- is probably the one place, just because of their culture yeah. and just because of like everything that's there. Like they might. Whoever is going to be able to whip Harden into the the mental shape that he needs to get to is going to have the best chance because that t- talent is undeniable. Um, and you know if you can get him, steer him on the right track, um, then and and like you can't get that good without putting in hard work too. So that's why I, I always try to take a step back when I'm when I'm you know grilling him a little bit. Um, it's just like especially these past couple months where he was just like at clubs without a mask on in, in COVID times, that just kind of super ridiculous for me. Coming into season out of shape is always a bad sign for that specific season. Um, but then again, Jokic came in fat as hell last year and, and they made it to the conference finals. So you never know. <laughs> that, that, that is true. Um, yeah, so that, I think, but wherever Harden ends up, it's going to be interesting because if it's a lower East team, which I don't know if it will be, but if it's a lower East team, that makes things interesting as well. Um yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna close this podcast out. Khan, I really appreciate you coming on and giving some yeah some some great dimes basically on your your burgeoning sports and uh, and music career. I it's it's exciting to see where you're going, but then also you know you've been a source of inspiration for me over the last over the last year and a half, and there's been a lot of SBC people who provide that as well. Shout out Winter Turner. Um, and then obviously Josh as well. Um, it's just cool to to be able to to tell people's stories on this podcast who are trying to make their way in the world of media or the world of sport. And and so yeah, we really appreciate you for that. Um, and yeah, what's what, what, are there anything else that you're going to be working on in the new year? Oh man, I mean, first of all, thank you uh, for those uh, kind words, man. You, you're definitely an inspiration to me as well. Um, and so is Josh, man, the protege. Shouts out, Josh. Um, but My but in, in 2021, I mean, there's going to be a reboot to, to Harry Max content, which kind of, you know, bleeds over into, into what I do within my music stuff. Um, in terms of basketball, I've been, it's a new thing for me that I'm trying to balance something that's, that has taken just as much priority in my head, um, as basketball. Cause for the past three years before all the thing I'm doing right now, it's kind of been like basketball, hundred percent number one. Um, in terms of like what I'm doing in my free time. Um, so, so that's been an interesting balance, but I think it's, it's, it's great. I think to be able to be doing different things, the bench mob is still going to keep going at the bench mob NBA, go, go check them out. And Stevie, I'm sure is going to plug bullish several times within this podcast since both Josh and Stevie um, are on there, but we're going to try to, 
get that uh, into a regular pace. Um, and then, like I said, that APB show is, is going. So the basketball is just kind of, you know, carry on, w- watch games, talk about them in a less professional capacity, which is a different mindset that I've been at. Even though I wasn't making any money off of it, I've been, I was still putting in a professional type mindset on it. And now, like, you know, at least for this season, I think it's going to be more like, um, let me let me keep it going, keep everything going, but but enjoy it more as a fan uh, a little bit more this time around and really focus on the on the music for this year. And, you know, I think I think people need to um, not need to, but can, uh, should be able to see different avenues open up uh, for themselves. For me, I didn't think I'd be doing this much music stuff and rap stuff um, if you asked me a year ago. Um, and, you know, in a year from now, who knows, I might be doing some some other things um like i genuinely don't know and at this point i don't really even want to know um i just want to find out yeah i love it i love it man that's awesome uh so yeah we are going to close we're going to close this podcast out um we we may not uh, have another episode before before christmas uh so everyone who's listened so far of our first three or four episodes really appreciate you all coming through hope you have a a really great uh, Christmas, stay safe, uh, hang out with loved ones. Uh, if you grind basketball like we do, then um, do give yourself a little break. Um, and yeah, look forward to some episodes between Christmas and New Year. We're, we're going to try and change up the guests and get some New Zealand guests on as well. Um, but yeah, so um, all the best from from myself. Um, yeah, anything from you, Josh? No, not much, man. I uh, hope you guys are doing good. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Khan uh, for hopping on. Just before we end, Khan, uh, where can people find you on you know socials? You know, wants to check you out. Yeah, it's um, at iconic everywhere um, on all social channels. So that's my spelled with my name though. So I K A A N I C, like iconic, the word, but spelled with my name. Uh, so hit me up. Um, that's you know, IG, Twitter, YouTube is my main like most active platform. If if you want to see what's up, um, but yeah, man, I'm on, I'm on all platforms. Awesome. Thanks a lot for that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter as well at Stevie Cousins, um, and then jo- at Josh J Bulls Hoops. Uh, yeah, it, thanks everyone for tuning in, and until next time, we'll see you guys soon.